This is Ephraim Cooper. And this is Cooper Allen. And welcome to, to the, the Ephraim, Ephraim Cooper, Cooper Allen Show. Hi everyone, this is Ephraim Cooper. This is Cooper Allen. <laughs> and welcome to the second episode of the Ephraim Cooper Allen Podcast. Um, first of all, before we get into anything else, thank you guys um, for listening to the first episode of the podcast. Um, we, we got 44 plays. Which um, is pretty amazing. Yeah, we, we, none, neither of us expected we'd get that many, so uh, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's get into this episode. Um, today, uh, we're going to be talking about the 4th of July. Yeah, because that was yesterday. Yeah, for us at least. Like, um, I don't know if anyone from other countries are listening, but um, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be really cool if people like from Australia, or Britain, were listening to our podcast. That's That'd true. be pretty sick. Yeah. Well, this is the Fourth of July for them too. Yeah. But yeah, they just didn't celebrate it. Yeah. Um, because they're lame. But yeah, so we're talking about the Fourth of July. We'll be talking about some of. The history of it, why we celebrate celebrate it with fireworks and stuff, and um, yeah, just have a chill conversation. Uh, Cooper, a couple of cool dudes talking about cool stuff. Yeah, that's 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 the slogan. <laughs> yep. So Cooper, tell me what you know about fireworks in the Fourth uh, of July. About fireworks, well, yeah, there's a lot to go on here. First of all, fireworks were like invented in China, right? Yeah. And they were figuring out how to make. Um, like there, there are some monks that were like doing chemistry and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, they made uh, firecrackers out of bamboo stalks. Okay. Um, and they would explode, and then it would ward off the evil experience, right? Really. That's, that's a very that's, interesting story. That's how you do it. So how how they make them the fireworks explode? First of all. Like, well, don't, don't they don't they need like special powder well, for it to go off or something? So these first original firecrackers, right? They um, put just took a bamboo stalk, right, and put it over a fire, and then heat up really really hot, yeah. and the air inside the bamboo would explode, and then there'd be a big crack. So that was just lame fireworks, right? So lame fireworks. Want, okay. It was just like a big. It didn't make any like fireworks. It was okay. just a sound. Um, and then during like the 600 or to 900 AD, um, legend has it that a uh, Chinese alchemist mixed potassium nitrate, sulfur, and charcoal to p- produce um, like a black powder, gunpowder to be exact. Um, and then it was poured into a hollowed out bamboo sta- stick. Um, and then and later, stiff paper tubes and formed first man-made fireworks. So they would just launch. They would just blow up gunpowder, basically. Really? And this was kind of ironic because um, the people who invented gunpowder were kind of like monks and they were against like violence and stuff. Yeah. But they invented gunpowder, so... <laughs> gunpowder, <laughs> like a weapons. Yeah. Um, so, you know, oh. not everything is as it intends to be. That's really interesting. Um... So, yeah. uh, and then, so around the 13th century, right? Yeah. So middle, uh, middle medieval ages, right? Um, the fireworks have made, have made it towards Europe, right? Yeah. And they were used for like religious festivals and just entertainment. Um, 
just for fun and and they were pretty exciting but i don't think that they had like all the colors and stuff that we have now because it's a lot more complicated they also they definitely did not have smiley face fireworks <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they intentionally created um smiley face fireworks until more well, recently yeah yeah although smiley face fireworks are really cool yes um um yeah and so this was just yeah so it's just it's pretty amazing how old fireworks are how it goes like all the way back to a thousand ad you said uh yeah 600 ad oh gosh that is a long time so the new early u.s settlers brought fireworks along and of course usa loves exciting yep. explosions yes um i mean who doesn't love exploding things in the sky exactly yeah and so um yeah and so for sources i found all this on the american pyrotechnics association really which i'm just so happy that's an association <laughs> <laughs> uh, they probably spend all their time like uh, blowing up fireworks and stuff i mean if i was an association of firework <laughs> maniacs that's what i'd be doing too yeah <laughs> um the only thing that this says is that the uh thunder over louis Louisville is the country's largest display of fireworks and um yeah it's pretty impressive that is pretty impressive. so i like that so as you can see fireworks were just like commonly used for a while just for yeah. fun just to celebrate um and so when on the, on when they were writing the declaration of independence and declaring independence from um britain the the founding fathers saw that the um, july 2nd originally because that's when it was originally drafted yeah would be a day of great celebration and do you want to hear a quote here yeah of course so um adams john adams wrote i am apt to believe that i will be celebrated uh by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival um it ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade with shoes games sports guns bells bonfires <laughs> and illuminations from one end of this Man. continent to the other from from this time forward forevermore john adams wants a good time yeah <laughs> what heck of a good time right yeah. there um although he was off a couple days so it's actually july 4th not july 2nd wow. that we celebrate it but um i think we were doing proud i think we have yeah you know like i saw <clears throat> i was on reddit the other day and i saw like um Someone posted about the fireworks show in New York, and they had, like, a little video and everything. And it was so cool. Like, it's way better than the, uh... It, it was way... I mean, it's New York. It was way cooler than, um, our Lang fireworks show, um, at Anoka Hennepin. But, um... Uh, the, like, Coon Rapids fireworks show? Yeah. I, I'd say that fireworks show was pretty good. I mean, yeah, but look, it was cooler... It was cooler than, um, a lot of the other fireworks shows I've seen in the, seen in the state. Okay. Especially that finale, like, bro... But, like, they had a full, like, firework thing of, like, the the U.S. flag and stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. And they cool. had, like, simultaneous fireworks going up and everything. And it had, like, these big booms. It was just crazy. I would say that the city of New York probably has more money than could yeah. happen. But... As well as, um, L.A., which is ironic because it's, like, one of the most impoverished, impoverished states in the U.S. California? Yeah. I don't think so, but maybe... Okay. I'm pretty sure California is pretty well off. Oh. But I don't know. I mean, like, it would make sense since it's, like, the... 
it's like um, the show business um, state. Yeah, world. LA. Um, I don't know. So that's what I know about uh, fireworks. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Um, I'm on. Um, I, w- I was doing some more research um, before today's episode, the Fourth of July, and w- I was looking through um, a bunch of the different links that came up, and I clicked onto History.com's link, and it said, "Did you know Adams, John Adams, lived to see exactly 50 years of American independence?" So wow. he really, he really did get the chance to have a good time. He did. Yeah. On July 4th, 1826, the 50th anniversary of Congress's adoption of the De- Declaration of Independence, he died at his home in Quincy, Massachusetts. Oh, so he j- died on July 4th? Yes. <laughs> that might be... He partied too hard, man. Yeah. He was just lighting by- by- bonfires everywhere. Yeah. Which was just five hours after Thomas Jefferson's death. Oh, in what? <laughs> I know! Mind blown, right? The founding fathers are kind of crazy, not yeah. gonna lie. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was 83, but... Okay. <sighs> so, is that a transition moment? I think maybe it is. Okay, that's good, because I have some fun facts for you, Cooper. Okay, let's do them. You know I do. My first fun fact you already might know, because you know you're you. This one's about brain freeze, listeners. Um, brain freeze? Yes. Brain freeze here is also known as ice cream headache cold stimulus headache. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised at that one too. And this really long name that I'm going to try and pronounce for the first time, because I didn't pronounce it while I was um, at home. Should have practiced. It's, yeah. urology. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really long. Let me say that again. It's, I believe it's, it's urologia. It's a short-term headache typically linked to the rapid consumption of ice cream, ice pops, or very cold drinks. Wow. Do you think you could try and pronounce that? I think no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone could. I think that um, it always surprised me by what names they give stuff in the like scientific or like medical community. Yeah. Because I feel like they just want like students to have a hard time learning stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just like... We don't want any new doctors to know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to go to McDonald's and just say, they're eating their ice cream, oh, I have a sphenopalatine neuralgia. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, My head hurts. And then the person next to it that is going to be like, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a disease? Do we need to get you to the hospital? <laughs> uh, some other um, facts on ice cream headaches. Um, uh, for sources, this is from Medical News Today, by the way. Okay. Um, uh, it is known to be caused... Oh, I already said that. It is known to be caused by the rapid constriction of the blood set, but blood vessels in the roof of the mouth. Um, and it, it, it cures huh. commonly involve warming the roof of the mouth to prevent the rapid sense. constriction and relieve the headache. That would make um, sense. I've heard a lot of people, you say, put your tongue against the top of your mouth or your thumb. Yeah. And it, it helps and stuff. Mm. I is it just like putting the your thumb on the roof of your mouth is so weird. Like it's such a weird feeling. Totally the is. roof of your mouth in general just feels very weird. Like well, most people aren't feeling it that often. It feels like well, obviously, but it just feels so rubbery. You know? Yes, like, I don't know. It's <laughs> been a hot second. 
since you've touched the roof of your mouth. Yeah, I don't get burn feces that often. Um, cures include drinking warm water, obviously, and covering the mouth and nose with the hands, and breathing rapidly to increase the flow of warm air to the palate. So just do a Darth, Darth <laughs> <Yeah>. Vader move. <laughs> I am your father. Exactly. Okay. Um, next one. Um, Canadians say sorry so much that a law was passed in 2009 declaring what? that an apology can't be used as evidence of admission to guilt. That's awesome. I know. That's <laughs> so interesting. Uh, I fully endorse that because <laughs> as a good Minnesotan, I do say sorry a lot as well. <laughs> Even I mean, when I don't have to. Me too. Same. Yeah, that's you know, is sorry is sorry even a good um, apology or evidence of admission to guilt? I feel like it's not really, but I feel like for you to be, um, it's just like something you say. Yeah, but I feel like if you're going to be guilty, there should be evidence for you to like back that up. Yeah, it's not just saying sorry. Yeah, Um, I feel that other ones. Back when dinosaurs existed, there used to be volcanoes. That were erupting on the moon. Erupting on the moon. Yeah. Wow. Do you think there are still volcanoes on the moon? I think it might have cooled off by now, but um, how? How? But also like that seems strange. (laughs) It does seem very strange. Volcanoes. As recently as like when there were dinosaurs on the moon. Yeah. Wait, no. Wait, what are you asking? So how recently was this? When volcano, when dinosaurs existed. Wow, that's like I'm not. That's like a while ago, obviously, but not that long ago. A separate article from uh, Space.com. I don't know how credible this is. Um, volcanoes on the moon may have erupted on, during the dinosaur age. Scientists previously thought that the moon's volcanic activity died down a billion years ago, but new data from NASA. NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, or LRO, hints that lunar lava flowed much more recently, perhaps less than 100 million years ago. Um, I'm really interested in that lunar lava, though. That's like, that's so cool. (laughs) Lunar lava. That's so fun to say, too. Yeah, it is. Say that five times fast. No. um. (laughs) (laughs) Is 100 million years ago even that far away? It's a hot second. For us, at least. Yeah. But you know, I guess in relative, relativity What makes that really interesting is that it's a, the moon was formed by, like, I think it was, like, another planet hit the, the Earth. It was, like, a much smaller planet. Okay. But another planet hit the Earth. And then all the debris, right? Yeah. It, it went around and it formed rings, which then, like, became the moon eventually. And a chunk of that, like, came off and formed. Well, so, yeah, and then it formed the moon. But, so you'd think it'd be cold and no, no lava, but... It's not cold on the moon? Well, it is now, but you'd think it'd be back then, too. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Uh, some, a couple more, um, and then uh, we can go on to you if you have any more fun facts. Um, Nintendo, the famous video game company, trademarked the phrase, it's on, like, Donkey Kong. 2010. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it is. I mean, that seems appropriate considering it's Nintendo. Yeah, but don't they own Donkey Yeah, they do, but also why? I think they just wanted it um, for promotion purposes. Because in 2010, the new Donkey Kong game just came out. Um, and I think they just wanted the ability to say it's on, like, Donkey Kong. Um, so people, other companies could Okay. Um. I guess it's valid. Yeah. Next one. A single strand of spaghetti is called spaghetto. <laughs> spaghetto? Uh, yeah, spaghetto. Sp- huh. Spaghetto. Interesting. I didn't know Why? that. I don't... I think... Isn't spaghetto like um Or no, not spaghetto. Spaghetto... Edo is like a suffix for a singular strand or something, right? I've, I've never heard it I've never used. heard that before. Yeah, I've never heard it used. I can't, I can't think of any other examples um, of it being used in a, as a word to signify a single strand or something. But I guess that's it. Um, and my last one. We always have to end a good fun facts session. Thing, session with me at least. Um, with a good law one. Okay. If you cut down a cactus in Arizona, you will be penalized up to 25 years in jail. It is similar to cutting down a protected tree species. Any cactus? Yes. Any cactus. It doesn't matter if it's a special kind of cactus. It just has to be a cactus. Huh. <laughs> just imagine how embarrassing it would be if you had to go to a, a court of law and say, I am going to jail for 25 years because I cut down a cactus. But the other thing is, I feel like it wouldn't be that easy because while you're cutting down, like when you cut down a tree, you just have to saw through it, right? Yeah. But cactus has like... It, all the spikes. Yeah. Just you're sawing through it. And <laughs> just get it so all the pricks are coming at you. Yeah, I don't think that'd be good. I don't think it would be. But also, there's a bunch of water in it, isn't there? Yeah, like cactuses soak up um, moisture throughout the air. So you're just soaked in water, get pelted by spikes. <laughs> okay, um, let's transition into our next subject for today, where we're going to be talking about Monopoly. Yay, everybody's favorite game. <laughs> it's yep. a little controversial there. Yeah, I personally like Monopoly. I'm a fan too, but there are a lot of people who have yeah. a great hatred for it. I know. I mean, are you, I mean, Cooper, for you personally, are you a Monopoly guy or a Game of Life guy? Oh, Monopoly all the way. Really? Game of Life is boring. Oh, okay. Um, I pr- I'm although, a fan of both, but I'd say I'm more of a Monopoly guy. Yeah, I can see where some people think Monopoly takes too long, but I believe that's what we're about to talk about. Yep. So, yeah, that's a wonderful transition, Cooper. Today we're ta- um, we're talking about Monopoly and how A, everybody plays it wrong, and B, how everybody thinks it takes too long. Cooper, can you elaborate on some of our points here? Um, no, I don't. You have all the facts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, first of all, um, there are a lot of rules in Monopoly that people always forget. Um, like free parking, um, or like rules that like, um, hold up, like rules, uh, people forget about or rules that people don't always incorporate into the game. Uh, here are a couple of rules, for example, that people always get wrong. Um, first of all, free parking. 
um, we've when me me and Cooper have played Monopoly um, before, and we always incorporated the free parking rule. But right. apparently, the yeah. free parking rule where you put money in the middle, and whoever lands on free parking gets the money. Yeah, and you, whenever you pay taxes, you put that money into the middle. Um, apparently, this is nonsense. This is not a rule. Free parking is just a normal square that doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's just a free spot. You don't have to pay anything. You don't yeah. get anything. But I feel like that's uh, boring, you know? But it'd make the game go faster because then people would lose money faster. Yeah. It, it makes sense why people would implement it into the rule book. Because having just a, 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 a normal square that doesn't do anything, that's boring. A little bit. So uh, you always need stuff to throw in to make it exciting, you feel? Yes. Um, other stuff includes not auctioning off property. Um, again, me and Cooper are apparently the small majority that auctions off property. According to this article in Business Insider, in November, people lost their minds because they became aware of a rural monopoly they had never played before. According to the official rules, when a property is landed on and nobody want, landed on and nobody wants to buy it, that property goes to auction. This means um, someone can buy the property for less than it's worth. Personally, I like the rule because I like being able to buy property that I otherwise wouldn't be able to get um, and um, for a lower price. You but know? it also, it makes sense because it makes the game go a little bit quicker. Yes, as and well. people, because you said um, when played correctly, Monopoly takes up to two hours, right? It's supposed to take two up to two hours. Yeah, and I don't think anybody wants to sit down and play a board game for that long, um, except maybe me. But <laughs> I, I, I... I like auction. It's strategic. Yeah, and you can use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd um, have to agree. Yep. Um, another one would be um, you can't earn money while you're in jail. Never heard of this one. Um, this is one I'm a bit new to. No, that's a that's a you can earn money while you're in jail. You can. According to the rules. See, it's a bit confusing to me. Do you, do you know anything about it? Yeah. So. Some people play where you, when you're in jail, you can't earn, like, rent or anything. Mm-hmm. But according to the official rules, you can uh, get paid rent, you can buy and sell properties, and you can uh, basically do anything but move your piece around the board. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Which also makes the game go faster. So a lot of people play... Everyone complains that Monopoly takes too long, but they're just playing it wrong. <laughs> 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 oh, the irony, huh? Yeah, for real. Um, since we're talking about this, I feel like it, it'd be um, appropriate appropriate to kind of delve into the history of the game. Um, so the game was originally created in 1903, way back in the day. Way back in the day. By some a woman named Elizabeth Maggie. Um, she wanted the game to reflect her current political views, and which... Plus, like, my website says something else. Huh? Keep going. So I'm looking at Business Insider, Cooper. Okay. Um, she wanted it to reflect her per- political views. Um, she was a Georgist at the time, which meant she believed people should own the value they produce themselves, but that anything earned from the land, such as natural resources, should belong to everybody in the community. Um, the original game was called The Landlord's Game. It was never meant to be a fun game. It was a game that was originally created to be an insight into the trials and tribulations of money and how and the negative implications of capital accumulation and forming monopolies and how um, detrimental they are to business leaders, you know? Yeah. Well, okay, here, I'm, I'm what getting... What does your website say? My, so the, the, I was looking at Mashable and it said that Charles, um, 
I was like, what's his name? Charles Darrow was the inventor. Really? But I looked it up. And um, I think it was invented by both of them. Really? So, like, they partnered to... No. I think that... Um... Um, yeah, I think Darrow invented it. I'm looking at, um, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for it right now. It says that the designers were both of them. They were both designers. It was, um, Elizabeth Maggie and Charles Darrow. Huh. So I guess some websites don't know this, um, that some, that they both created it together. Um... Yeah, is there, are there different versions of Monopoly throughout um, different countries? Do you know? Yeah, so Darrow was the, uh, or I don't know. I think, so I think, um, what's her name, Maggie Liz? Yeah. Invented it first and then Darrow and um, like adapted it to be actually playable. Okay. I think. So Elizabeth came up with the concept itself. Yeah, and I don't know if they really collaborated, but like. They both kind of invented it simultaneously, I think. Um, but I do know that... So, here's some facts. Okay. There are... So, each... Something that's interesting. So, it was originally invented in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, and so, at first... So, that's like the board that we all know and love, right? I love it. Um, but then... It was sold in the UK, and to adapt it to the UK, they changed the names of the streets. Okay. So the US version, it's um, and its names, the street names are from uh, actual streets. Yeah, it's from. It's based off Atlanta City, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh okay. Oh, I've been there. It's such. For the most part, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, except for the railroads, they're from Philadelphia. And you, if you go to Philadelphia, you can look, you can stop by the railroads places. I, I've done this. Yeah. You can like see where the railroad stations are, mm-hmm. and you can see um, each one, Reading Railroad and stuff, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, which is Charles da- Darrow was from Philadelphia, um, so that's why it so has that he, overlap. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, if you go to Britain, all the street names are from London, famous London streets. Um, and so now, and so at each each new country that they bring into, they change the streets to the, one of the major cities from there. So like Spain, it's Madrid. Um, and so, and like different, pla- different countries have different places. And so now there are like 40 something different versions. Like for each country, there's more than that because they have like sports version and stuff. Yeah. But um, and it's played in like 110 countries or something. So Monopoly's like the McDonald's of board games. I guess so, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of some of the variations on the games? Like, um, like I owned Monopoly Millionaire for a while, where like the the point of the game wasn't to like own properties and drain um, your opponents. The game was more based around getting a million dollars. And, um, and trying to not lose that a million dollars, you know? Yes. I think that, um, it's interesting new ways to play it, but I always like the original. Yeah, I've always preferred the original, but it's, it's interesting. It's always crazy to see some of the, um, the versions they've come up with these games. If anything, I feel like the best 
variation of the game has to be um, for people that like a very low maintenance maintenance game. It probably has to be Monopoly Ultimate Banking Edition, where there isn't any money. Is. So okay, essentially, it's a version of the game where there is no cash. So it says how do you here, play? Yeah, it says here the edition features an electronic ultimate banking piece with touch 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 technology. Players can buy properties instantly and set rents by tapping. Each player has a bank card and their cash is tracked so by the ultimate banking So it's basically credit unit. cards? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like that. That's awesome. It can scan the game's property cards and boost or crash the market. Event cards and location spaces replace chance and community chess cards. On an event space, rents may be raised or lowered. Lowered. A player may earn or lose money, or someone can be sent to jail. Location spaces allow um, players to pay and move to any property space on the game board. Wow. So I've played the version before, and I personally feel like it's the... um. It's it's like the ultimate version. Like, of course, I like handling the physical money, but like I said, is for people that really don't um, want, um, for people that want a low maintenance game, Ultimate Banking Edition is the way to go. I have never heard of this. Really? But that sounds awesome. I know you should you should get it. We could play sometime. Uh, Maybe I'll bring over my. You have it. Okay. I could buy it. I could buy it. Yeah. How much is Monopoly? Um, I'm pretty sure. I saw here that there was a fact that someone made a $2 million Monopoly board out of diamonds. <laughs> really? Um, which sounds crazy. Why would you ever do that? I mean, who, who doesn't want stuff made out of diamonds? It's true. Um, yeah, in 1998, a celebrated San Francisco jeweler, Sydney Mobel, created the most expensive Monopoly set in the world that <laughs> oh $2 my million. Gosh. Is there an image here? Do you have an image? Let me see. I'm trying to see. Um, is this it? <laughs> it must be. Holy frick. <laughs> I know. Let me zoom in on this. If oh like, my if, gosh. For those who are listening at home, it's like a golden Monopoly set. I know. It's like. Of actual gold. <laughs> I think the game pieces are gold too. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, talk about overinflation. <laughs> How much do you think it's worth now? Um, when was it made? 1998. Probably like um, five million now. Probably around that number. But yeah. Monopoly at Target is set at 13.49. Staples 19.99. Barnes and Noble 19.99. So like 20 bucks. Around that number, yeah. I saw facts here that. When it was originally released, it was sold for two dollars. <laughs> was it made in nineteen oh three? Yeah, so that was a hot second ago. Yeah, but how so. much is two dollars worth from nineteen oh three? If I don't know, I was like, yeah, can you look it up? Yes, I will. Cause like, imagine somebody who bought like the first edition of the game, how much they could sell that for? Be insane. So nineteen oh three is what you said. Yeah. Or at least that's when the concept was developed. Okay. I don't know when they actually released um, physical boards of the game. So it says that the same item would be $25 today. Oh. That's pretty expensive considering these current prices. That's but true. But it's not that bad. Um, oh no, actually that was wrong. It'd oh, be it $39 today. 30, oh my gosh, that's an expensive board game. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, are there any 
are there any board games that you've heard of that you want to try, but you haven't been able to yet? Not really. One that's pretty big on my list right now is Settlers of Catan. Of Catan? Oh, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, of Catan. I've played it. I've never played it before, but it sounds amazing. It's, it's, it is pretty fun. It's like, from what I've heard about it, it's like Monopoly, but better. It's, it's like, not better like Monopoly at not, all. Okay, can you explain the game? Um, basically, so you are on this island, right, with all your other people. Yeah. Um, and the goal is to get the most points, I think. And so you get points by building settlements and roads, connect your settlements. Yeah. Um, and so, and like it costs, but it costs so much to make, um, to make a settlement. So you have like cards. And so if you build a settlement next to... Um, like a forest and a um, and like a mountain then you get rocks and wood each turn and so the goal is to make it build your settlements so you get more stuff each turn so you can build more each turn how many people can you play with um i think in the original it's like four or five people or something and how do you win um is there a way to win in the game it's been a hot second since i played but yeah but you i think it's like once everyone once you can't like build anymore once it's like the island is full um then you count up how many points you have and whoever has the most points okay. wins how to win settlers of Catan? Catan. 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 there are going to be someone that listens to this eventually like, be like <laughs> Ephraim come on Catan. 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 settlers of Catan. Catan. I don't know where I got Catan from I mean it's kind of how it's spelled but <laughs> If only we lived in a world where everything was said how it's spelled. <laughs> how do you think life would be like? Uh, that'd be so much simpler. I've heard, I, I think it's really funny because the English language is very hard. The English language is like a bunch of other languages smashed together. Yeah, and, and no one knows how to. Yeah, nobody How knows. they all work together. No, yeah. English is a weird combination of Greek, Latin, and other stuff. Yeah. It's the worst. Um, yeah. Um, well, uh, you think that's it for today? That might be it for today. Oh, okay. I don't know. What, do you have something else you want to say to um, our audience? You guys are awesome. You should feel awesome. You feel awesome. Yep. Uh, we didn't talk about Sleepaway Camp Yeah, this week. I was about to say that. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, talk about Sleepaway Camp today because Cooper didn't watch the movie. <laughs> uh, I'll watch it yeah, next week. Yeah, so we're going to push that up to next week. Um, I apologize for disappointing you guys. Um, but we're going to be talking about the movie next week. We'll be having... A, um, it's going to be like a complete spoiler, um, in-detail discussion of the movie and some of the... So, for all those who Understand. forgot to listen to it, this yeah. gives you one more week. Yeah. Just like me. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he's going to watch it. Right, Cooper? I will, of course, watch it. Okay. I trust you. Um, what else? Um, if you've been hearing weird noises in the background this whole time, that's Ephraim eating popcorn. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> um, if you've heard any weird noises from Cooper, it's because his mouth is moving. He's talking. Ow. <laughs> I know. I don't um, need that. But yeah, this concludes to, um, this week's episode. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Um, a wonderful week. A wonderful week. A wonderful life. Yep. Do you have anything else to say to the fans, Cooper? Um, Not fans, listeners. 
with we don't know if they're fans yet. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten their support yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten. Uh, I mean, we got in two weeks, so there's yeah. a gap. Or if Ephraim's alone, we haven't yeah. decided yet. That's why. Ooh, here's one thing. You said you're going on a cruise to Alaska. I am in two weeks. Yep. I'm super excited. Um, this will be my first cruise ever. Yeah. Hasn't your family been on multiple cruises before? No, this is my first cruise. We talked about this last week in my our, our truths and lies thing. Oh yeah. Um, you, you talked about how you camped on an iceberg. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, obvious. Wouldn't that be cool though? Yeah, it would be cool. Just floating in the ocean. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, have a great week. Have a great life. Um, peace out, guys. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> have a good day. <laughs>